This is a Detail Podcast. Coming to you live from the prestigious Hyrule Theater, it's the 35th Annual Golden Triforce Awards, honoring everything you love from The Legend of Zelda. Now please welcome to the stage your host, Ganondorf. Thank you, thank you. Sit down, sit down. You know, I almost didn't make it out of my dressing room because the door was stuck. But my assistant said I should try force. Then she asked me, what are the chances people stop mistaking Link for Zelda? And I said, and I told her, it's highly unlikely. Hylian, because we're from Hyrule. Oh, look, it's Mario in the front row. Oh, no, it looks like he's choking. Uh, the mushroom must have gone down at the wrong pipe. <laughs> Hey, listen! Does anyone see the Hero of Time in the audience? No? Well, I guess he's the missing link. (laughs) Oh, speaking of time, it looks like we are getting short on it, so we should get to the awards. By the way, I'm not Ganon. I don't know who's been saying that, but that's not me. Enjoy the show. And welcome to the Drinking Geek Out Podcast, the show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin, the I haven't won an award ever, Duke. <laughs> and alongside me is Seth, uh, giving away all of the awards. And with me is Keith. And I collect the awards. And with me is Pale. I am the award. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is featuring the CT Crunch from Two Toms, and we are talking about the Golden Tri Force. Oh, let's go! As all the kids are saying, let's get them. All right, now for the beer, we have ourselves the Serial Killer. It is the Captain Crunch. No, it's not. It is the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's right. Yeah, I got that wrong in the fucking brewery. When I was talking to the bartender, he was like, no, this isn't Captain Crunch. Think cinnamon and toast. I was like, next year's variant. Like, I don't understand. If they bring a... Oh my gosh, if they just bring all of the three variants to be Captain Crunch and like Crunch Berries and Peanut Butter Crunch. Let's go. Peanut Butter Crunch Stout. I think I just woke my wife up. Let's go. <laughs> this one raining in at 8.8 ABV. This is going to be a a woofer down the drain, but there's no IBUs listed, so there's no geekiness inspired in this one. To reference. Yeah. We might just guess one, but it's going to be really hard with, with stouts. It's really tough to mm-hmm. kind of say how bitter these things are. It's a cereal-inspired milk stout with cinnamon toast crunch cereal. 
And the link will be posted in the episode show notes if you guys want to click on the link for the untapped. So this can, along with all the other serial killer cans we've ever done, is fantastic. It, yeah, delightful. We got our uh, Tony the Tiger here. I don't know what he's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a a werewolf essentially. He's a Lionel. What? He's a Lionel. Oh, whoa! I can see why we picked him for this episode. Then, mm-hmm. fucking Lionels, <laughs> the hardest boss in all mm. of Zelda. And you don't even have to kill him. I avoided them. <laughs> and you like don't even. The there's not even. And there's not even <laughs> one of them. There's many of them. I only saw one, and I skipped him. There, there are many. There are, especially if you go into the like, uh, the DLC. They're they're all oh, they're everywhere. The you can't escape. <laughs> God, make me not um, buy the DLC. Thank you. <laughs> it's worth twenty bucks to extend your gameplay, but just be ready to avoid Lionel's left and mm-hmm. right. So this can, I like the uh, golden color. It goes along with our golden Triforce awards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've got our big muscular werewolf type creature. He's crunching on some cinnamon toast crunch. You can see him spilling out of his teeth and his angry, angry jowls. Um, and then it's the typical little snifter glass with the with ghosties. Kind of a, with, yeah, with the ghosties floating around it and a little marshmallow rim. Uh, it fits lovely into the series of these cans. Yeah, this one. Uh... I'm not speculating, but it seems like the glass is less than half full, which the other one seemed half full. So either that's a artistic mistake or someone doesn't like Cinnamon Toast Crunch as much as the other cereals. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's just me speculating. But yeah, absolute gorgeous can. Uh, these, all these serial killer cans are just absolutely beautiful. And I can't wait to see what else he does in the future. In Apple Jacks, please. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Or Captain mm-hmm. Crunch, all three Captain Crunches. Not yeah, that's still a good idea. Bit, but this dude right here, it's it's definitely not the Cinnamon Toast Crunch feel. No. But they don't ha- they don't have a mascot in Cinnamon they, Toast Crunch. They used to. They had like the three little chef guys, I thought, at one point. Mm. And I think it's down mm. to like one. Mm-hmm. They got rid of the other two in the early thousands, I think. But I remember there used to be like three guys. Not like Chef Boyardee, but it kind of rings a bell. Yeah, from this Google image I searched, it looks like these little uh, cinnamon toasty boys who are the shape of a cinnamon toast crunch is are the mascot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. eyes and smiles mm-hmm. on those things, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. I, like the cereal was never my thing, so I don't think I ever knew that they had multiple like mascotty things. Yeah, yeah, there they are. They're in there. Yeah, the little mascot guy, the old guy with the glasses, and there used to be two other ones, and then they turned him cartoony, and now they're yeah, they're just the crunch pieces that just eat each other, the Cannibal Crunches. The Cannibal Crunch. That's a band name somewhere. Has to be like a death metal metal guy. I have the Cannibal Crunch. We're gonna rock out for you. No, we're gonna play a lot of crickets this episode, I guess. <laughs> oh, there they are—the the three chef, chef yeah. with the hats. Sorry, I was deep in research too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to be those guys. Yeah, I was. 
I was too trying to figure out who these chef guys were. You remember them now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't remember seeing this box, but... I mean, even the text, like, is different. It's kind of more like... Oh, yeah, I see. Like a child's book or something. You're not much older than me, but I do not remember this old-ass book. uh, (laughs) Three chef boys. I was going to (laughs) say, Seth, you you can back me up on this. Do you remember the Cinnamon Toast Crunch mascots, like the three old chef guys? And they like sprinkle yes, cinnamon. Totally. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> These other guys <laughs> didn't believe me. So. <laughs> I thought I was. I barely remember. They me of like Chef Boyardee, but yeah, yeah, the Chef Boyardee dude. Yeah, there's the one guy Chef Boyardee. I get that one, but now you just have these little crunch pieces eating each other. The Cannibal Crunch. Yeah. I told a joke, but yeah, it got crickets. <laughs> so I won't tell it again. To save myself the embarrassment of more crickets. Chef <laughs> Wendell, that's his name. Chef Wendell. It was just one guy, wasn't it? Well, there used to be three. In the early thousands, they got rid of the other two, and they made him a cartoon. And he's more, well, goofy-looking cartoon. Big eyes and everything. Yeah, I just remember the one cartoon. Yeah. But there used to be three. Wendell the Baker. Cool. Is Wendell the Baker as dark as this beer? No, definitely not. Nope. <laughs> no. He's as white as that marshmallow, though. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, this beer is definitely going to be on the same vein as the coal that we have discussed in the past few episodes. Yeah. There it is super dark, and it looks super delicious. Big fan of dark beers. It has like kind of like a cinnamon, like almost very faint, like a cinnamon style, like cinnamon roll sugary smell to it yeah the can is basic i don't smell anything out of the can but out of the glass i kind of do smell a little bit of spice to it a little bit of sweetness a little bit of spiciness to it it's probably the the sugar and cinnamon combination i know i'm a little slow on this but for the color i'm gonna say it's a demise ah i don't I like what you did there i'm okay with that we kind of i just kind of said like coal <laughs> Yeah, but we're, we're past we're, that. Yeah, we're past Christmas. But now it's ooh, Zelda theme, so it's yeah. demise is like a black villain. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it does smell delicious. Very delicious. Yeah, I get the cinnamon roll for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree with the cinnamon roll. Maybe me. I don't cinnamon know if bomb. I smell. Yeah, maybe like a cinnamon balmy type. I don't know if I get the icing as much. Like the I smell sugar, but I don't smell like overabundant sugar, like overabundant sweetness. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's the cinnamon bun after you take it out of the oven before you uh, put before all the. Icing. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good flavor. That is. So warm, so fresh, and <laughs> tastes so good. Let's go. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely cinnamon flavored. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's. It's a good balance between. Like a stouty taste. A little bit of sweetness to it, and a lot of cinnamon. It's not; it doesn't shy from the cinnamon at all. Uh, definitely, still don't get the icing of a cinnamon roll. But let's say you eat the cinnamon roll without the icing. This is basically what it tastes like. It's hearty. I uh, I almost get like that cereal marshmallowy taste on the back end. I notice a lot of these beers tend to have that. Although cinnamon toast crunch does not have marshmallows in it. But I, I, that's true. I'm getting a little bit of that. 
because I think that's part of this theme. Maybe it's supposed to take place of the milk or something. Probably. Yeah, probably. It'd be nice if there was like, I don't know. It said it's a milk stout. This one, I guess, is not as harsh as regular stouts. So I don't know if they add like a... Like I know they add lactose for the milk stout part, but do they add mm-hmm. anything extra sugars though for like the marshmallow flavor? I don't know if you adding actual cinnamon toast crunch cereal, that shit's pretty sugary on its own. Right, so yeah. I mm-hmm. can't see them adding adding any more sugar to it. Right. Of course we don't have any of the recipes for this, but just yeah. just judging by it. Uh, and we don't know Tom personally, so we can't ask him. We but... all know him personally. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's kind of uh, <laughs> my point. <laughs> we just did not ask him ahead of time. No, it's none of our business. It's his, it's, his recipe. It's literally our business to know his business. what's in these beers that we're tasting. <laughs> it's, but it's his business to not tell us. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely definitely can taste the sugar part to it. Uh, I can't like the cinnamon sugar part, but the cinnamon is still pretty like you know, out there as like the main flavor to this thing. Uh, r- rightfully so, right? Oh, yeah. So Untapped has this bad boy with 151 total check-ins, 133 ratings, giving this bad boy. I said that too many bad times. Mama Jamma. This bad Mama Jamma at 3.82. I've had... Zero friends checked this in. By zero friends, I mean my wife checked it in twice. <laughs> um, she checked it in at the same day, twice. November 14, 2021. November 21, 2021. Yeah, why did you check it in twice? What is going on? <laughs> same rating. I don't know. I don't know what you did. She gave it a 425. Hit submit twice and it went through. Yeah. It's two separate things, maybe. Possibly. She did enjoy it, more so than the sour ones, I believe. Which, which is, is a surprise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's all it for the friends. Uh, I do not see too many words. Uh, cinnamon Yum, 4, 4, 375, 375. Uh, you could taste the milk from the start, and then you get the cinnamon and chocolate, a little bit of a barrel age towards the end. I think that... You could have stopped at the little bit of barrel age at the end because you get the, the milk from the start and then you get like a cinnamon of chocolate at the end of it. I don't really feel a bite. Yeah, it's not barrel aged. I'll see it's some special version. <laughs> yeah, where's my special version of this? I mean, I understand the, the idea of like you, you taste like a an alcoholic spike and so you think, oh, this could be barrel aged. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's the 8.8. Yeah, but at, really, it doesn't have like a special ending to this. I don't taste anything different going through it. I taste the sugar and milky up front, and then like the cinnamon chocolate at the back end. But there's there's not one point in this beer that I'm drinking that I'm saying, oh, this is like a spike of the alcohol. Yeah, I wouldn't notice the alcohol really. Right, Jeff S. He rated this a, a four. Ooh, but. But his comment was, not a whole lot of flavor. How is this not a whole lot of flavor, but you still gave it a four? Hmm. Hmm. That's a ton of flavor. (laughs) Well, I think, I don't want to back this guy up, but I'm going to back this guy up. Because, Pale, if you remember, when we went and we tried these, this beer on tap, 
I had this and one of their other stouts, and I could not tell the difference. I didn't know which one was which hmm. because it is very similar to some of the other stouts that he has. Um, so with the cinnamon, I mean, it wasn't as prominent. I mean, it is now. I can taste it because that's what I'm drinking, but I know I had one of those other stouts. And sipping both of them back to back, I'm like, I don't know if they got this right. I don't know which one is which, which is why I did not check this one in when I was at the brewery because I didn't want to do it injustice and say it's the wrong beer. Right. No, I Same thing. I didn't check it in because I wasn't sure if I had the right beer because the cinnamon wasn't prominent enough to say, yes, this is the CT Crunch. And even now out of the can, I still don't feel like the cinnamon is like enough, like there enough to say, oh, this was inspired by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You know what I mean? I, I just, I don't know. I, I think I need a little bit more cinnamon. Right. To be contrary, Kurt M said, this is a tiny smidge more cereal flavor than the Count Chocula. Yeah. But then he also rated this hmm. three and a half. I do yeah. agree. I mean, if we're doing if we're doing these you know beers compared to each other, the Count Chocula didn't really taste no, like the Count Chocula Sierra at all. It was tasty, but it wasn't mm-hmm. anything special. Agreed. Uh, Robert M gave it a two and a half. He said initially it is sweet, then it goes downhill. I don't know if it goes downhill. Uh, Andy M says definitely cereal stout, very creamy, four and a half. So I, that that outlier seems quite outlier-ish, if you will. Definitely, it's different than my original check-in. I wonder if it's a difference between um, cans versus on tap. I'm trying to. I mean, they have that breakdown it, somewhere, it, don't they? I, yeah, maybe. Uh, I do know that uh, that's what mm-hmm. they were saying. Like they initially had this on tap and. Right, that's why I was trying to... I thought Untapped had it so you could look. Now I can't remember how to do it. Oh, here we go. The cans, the average is 3.8, but the draft, it's 3.99, so people like it more on draft, apparently. Hmm. Hmm. But that's 49 versus 40. And then you have the the rest of them, like the 80-plus that either had them as tasters or didn't market. Mm-hmm. So with having 133 people, it's kind of tough to get that as a... Yeah, exactly. Kevin D. said, Love me some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Super tasty. Gave it a five and had it on draft. So maybe we're missing something here. My original original check-in was on draft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I... Pretty sure I had it on draft, and I just wasn't confident enough to. Yeah, because we time, we made so. the choice. There were three of these beers that we hadn't had yet, and it, two toms for the flight option. They give you four, so I'm like, all right, well, give me your other stout that you got on draft, and that kind of screwed it up because <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference between the two. Um, I checked this in in November. We, me, and my wife went. After a Thanksgiving feast, uh, we went with Christy and her brother, my brother-in-law, 
and we did flights. We pretty much drank everything on the bar, and I remember this one to an extent, but I definitely don't remember it as well as I remember it right now drinking this one. But I was very surprised by my check-in uh, because I think I like it out of the can better yeah. uh, than I do on draft. And I gave it a four and a half in November when I had it on draft. Uh, I'm not going to update my score. I think I'm going to keep it as a four and a half. It, only because it is a year or sorry, month difference between when I had it in the past and when I have it now. And so I, I don't remember specifically what the, the differences are on tap versus in the can. All or, all I can tell you is I had it on tap and I enjoyed it on tap and I'm drinking it now out of the can. I'm enjoying it out of the can. So I, I don't know if I'm saying, Oh, Dude, like this is way better in the can, so let's bump it up a little bit. I don't know if I can make that distinction. But I will tell you, though, I am a big fan of cinnamon and beers. We had a, uh, what was that beer from Scarlet Lane that was? Catherine? Yeah, Cat, uh, Katrina. Katrina. It was so good. Like when we tasted it, it was for the uh, D-Ghost uh, episode. It was, yeah, Katrina right there. Brown sugar and cinnamon brown ale. Uh, we had that on for our episode for uh, Castlevania. And we listened to, or other than listening to that, we had this beer and it initially was like, oh, there's like brown ale plus a lot of cinnamon up front. It's like, oh, this is, this is like super overpowering. And then the more you drink, it was like, oh, this is really good. And I've had several beers that had cinnamon in it recently because of the holidays. I'm like, this is fucking delicious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I think that this could potentially be close to a five. I think I gave a uh, Shadowproof beer from Sun King today when I drank it a five. It was a horchata. Ooh, that sounds delicious. And it's basically cinnamon, right? It's tea and cinnamon mm -hmm. and everything else. And it's... So cinnamon beers are up there for me right now. Cinnamon stouts are up there for me right now. And this one, uh, there's maybe a little bit of, it's probably better than what I gave it uh, when I had it on tap versus what, you know, you guys were kind of saying. Uh, but I think this is my favorite one of all the, the six of them so far. But I, I will, since it is a month removed, keep my four and a half. I don't want to be like, oh, it was so <laughs> different. <laughs> right. I... Also checked mine in at a four and a half, and I said it's a cinnamon sweet stout. It's a really good dessert beer slash nightcap with that 8% or 8.8%. It's a good way to end your evening or after a big heavy meal. I think this would be a good little dessert beer. Yeah. Uh, I like I, cinnamon toast crunch is one of my favorite cereals, and like I feel like it with this chocolatey flavored stout is like a it's a good mashup and yeah it is probably i think my highest rated one so far we'll see we only have one left the the uh lucky charms one so yeah but yeah i agree with you i th honestly think that like you eat a meal and then you're sitting in your living room watching a christmas movie mm -hmm. and you have a pint of this and you probably just cozy up you drink a little sips of it and you kind of like doze off right you wake up and you have a couple more sips. Like <laughs> it's not going to go bad. the The warmer it is, the better. Exactly. 
I'll go next. I gave this one a 4.25. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know. What was your rating? I did not rate it because I didn't want to mix it up with the other one uh, that I had on draft. I couldn't tell the difference between the two. And that's kind of my selling point here of why I'm one click down. Because uh, I, I know you guys... Being from Indy, haven't gone to two toms as often as Pale and I have the opportunity to. But every time I go there and get a stout, I love their stouts. And don't get me wrong, I love their stouts. But a lot of Lost in the Dark series, it's kind of hard. They all have this very distinct flavor. And I don't know about this one, but it, yeah. it just it lingers there. It's like the cinnamon up front, which I love. I get this, the cereal taste. And I do love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It is one of my favorite cereals. But there's just this odd taste at the end, and I don't know what it is. Is it more that marshmallowy kind of weird taste? And it's not it's not vibing with me, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. I want to rank this higher. I really do, but I can't get over <laughs> that. I don't want to call it an awkward taste, but it's just a, it's a tad off for me that I just I can't I can't give it. Yeah, yeah you said the same thing for yeah. the tricks and treats. You said the same thing. Yeah, it, yeah, you had a problem with that, like marshmallow. Yeah, like because the, yeah, the, there's no marshmallows and tricks, right? And so, why yeah. do I have that marshmallow taste? Yeah, I totally understand it. I I get the idea of this is supposed to be like the milk taste mm-hmm. when you're eating a bowl of cereal. I get it, but I totally understand. Like the initial bits of the the three initial ones that we had were because they had mm-hmm. marshmallows in them. So Count Chocula or Boo Berries or Frankenberries were fantastic because they had the marshmallows with them. So I I, I get what you're yeah, saying. Just, yeah, mm, I want to give it higher, but I can't. I gave this one a four out of five. So oh bringing our average down even more. I said solid, solid milk stout, but need a little more cinnamon sweetness to push it further into the four category category um so i mean i don't know i I, it's it's just reading other people's reviews it seems like it's hitting right on the mark for some and then others it's just it's good but it's not just like it's not quite there i don't when i drink it i don't think of cinnamon toast crunch um i just need like a little more i don't i don't know there's it's just not quite getting there for me. I mean, I don't think it's a bad beer at all. I just, I need to want more cinnamon. Pale. I guess. I, a side, I, I side question. Sweeter. When was the last time you had a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch? Because it has changed. I mean, cereals changed uh, since the nineties because they've cut down a lot of the sugar. But I just had a box. I think like two weeks ago. So <laughs> I just finished one up. <laughs> yeah, it's probably me too. Okay. It's probably been like two months for me. About 20, <laughs> 20 years. Don't go back to it. <laughs> 20 years since that Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. I don't like it. I, I It's not my favorite beer. Or sorry, favorite cereal. I like Golden Golden Grams. That's my jam. I could do Golden Grams once in a while. Oh. I, yeah, I could do that. As soon as, like, as soon as I moved out of my, fam- my parents, or my mom's house, like I hadn't had cereal since. So I didn't eat I cereal in college. I I didn't eat food in college. I'm fucking. I have it every morning. I'm so broke. I don't eat breakfast. 
I do, I do fasting, yeah. so I don't I don't eat breakfast. I don't so. me neither. I completely quit breakfast. Just, just coffee the day. Yeah. So we eat some sugar for it. We followed for the lies of the <laughs> cereal bowl full of sugar. Come on, boys, eat your sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, I think this beer does a. I mean, I think oh, yeah. he did a pretty like a, a good job, just only using like a box of cinnamon toast crunch, not trying to like go too crazy with it, but just kind of incorporate that. Like, obviously, he he made a really good milk stout and used the cinnamon toast crunch to, you know, bring that flavor in. And I think it's there enough to say, okay, job well done. But like the, the little child inside of me wants <laughs> a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Uh, I get it. But that didn't hinder me because, you know, not my favorite yeah. beer. I just, I, I don't know. I, I like cinnamon beers for a reason. I need to drink more like Mexican stouts, apparently. Like, I'm digging the cinnamon oh, yeah, and beers. I dig those. Yeah. What is wrong? Like, why am I not drinking more of those? This is wonderful. And there's a chocolate version of Cinnamon mm-hmm. Toast Crunch or Cinnamon Chocolate Crunch or some shit. Like, it's the cereal. And that's that's what I'm yeah, getting with this I beer. I didn't think about that. Yeah. that's I did that's try that amazing. one time. And I bought it one time. And I never bought it a second time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I I only had it the one time, but that's that's definitely the flavor I'm getting from this beer. Let's get to this episode because this is gonna take a while. I have a feeling. While we are getting the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink and Geek Out. Get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at drinkandgeekout.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at drinkandgeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkandgeekout. And now, back to the show. Welcome to the Golden Triforce Awards, presented by... The first award we have is the BFF Award for Link's Greatest Companion. And we have 10 nominees, which are Navi, Tattle, and Celia, which are the fairy friends. We have the King of Red Lions, Ezlo, Minna, Fee, Crimson Loftwing, Epona. And then in the 10th spot, we have Ricky, Dimitri, and Moosh, which are from one of the handheld games that I don't I didn't play. If it's not Navi, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Listen. I mean, I mean, she gets that takes cake for sure. the most annoying. Yeah. What about what about <laughs> the owl in Link's Awakening? Not really a companion, more of like a guide. Oh. That is true. Like he's not with you the whole time. He just kind of pops up here and then uh, mm-hmm. the, the 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 companions are more of like the fairy who's with you the whole ride. Um I guess I threw a p- opponent in there because uh, he or she, I'm not sure wh- what that is, kind of horse that is, but in many games. And I, well, I guess my vote goes to the horse because it helps you travel faster. <laughs> That's true. I think it takes I think way I a lot of the walking. 
I think because Epona has been in multiple games. And many mm-hmm. games, yes. Whereas Navi was only in Ocarina, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably nine, yeah, Epona, yeah. That, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Let's go with Epona for that one. Yeah, Epona, round of applause. <laughs> Congratulations. Woo! We got some new horseshoes coming your way. Some golden horseshoes. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to melt on the Triforce and make you some horseshoes. <laughs> horseshoes. Make a wish. Because if you have carrots all pieces of, horse- of the Triforce, you can make a wish. All the carrots. <laughs> all right. The second award that's going out today is the NPC Award for the best non-player character. And do we even need a list because it's going to be Tingle? Number mm-hmm. one is the old man. The old man was in the very first... Uh, a game where it gives you the sword when you walk into the game. You say, hey, tower or cave, give me a sword. He says, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Oh, yep. For sure. Number two is Tingle, clearly the best character. Uh, Number three is Marin or Milan, which is in Link's Awakening. And what are the games she's in? She's um, also in Ocarina. Ocarina, yeah. Uh, number four is The Great Fairy, which is in every single fucking game. Many, many games, yes. Uh, number five is The Postman. Number six is Dempy. Number seven is The Great Deku Tree, which is also in the most of the games. Well, yeah. And then number eight is Keith's favorite, mm. Beetle. There's so many good ones <laughs> to choose from here. There are. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. Yeah. There's a lot of reoccurring characters here, too. Yeah, I... Mm, I I was jokingly when I said Tingle because I think the Tingle storyline is kind of obnoxious. I do believe the best like story for the non or the non playable characters clearly for NPC is Beetle. It has to be Beetle. Beetle, yeah, right. I think in the modern games, but if you look at the longevity of it all, the Great Fairy. I mean. She's yeah. been that, that's in true all of too. them, and they keep se- or, overly sexualizing her every damn game. Her tits get bigger, and the, <laughs> exactly fucks you in, in Breath, Breath of the, of the Wild. Wild. She takes you under the water, <laughs> and all sorts of unspeakable evil happens under that water. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, uh, point of contention. Uh, Tingle's the only one that has his own spinoff series of video games that's where he's true. the star. I mean, I love Tingle, but I think I would go with for NPC in just the Zelda games. It's got to be the Great Fairy because she gives you things. Like, she'll, like, empower you and she'll fill your health up and she just rewards you and stuff. And she also takes all your rupees. (laughs) In Breath of the Wild, she does that. I, I, yeah, I'd have to agree with the Great Fairy. Mm -hmm. I think, like, the Fairy, Fountain, and all those things are, like, pivotal moments of the game. Mm-hmm. It's something that you strive to do and go to and, like, capture in a ferry in a bottle. That's, like, the main sure. point of the game. Yeah. So I like yep. number four. I like the face that Link makes. Like, uh, he's, like, blown away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sensation of. Well, like, she takes your rupees and she takes your V-card, too, apparently. So <laughs> <laughs> Basically. That's the that's the fake that's the face Link made whenever he gets his dick sucked <laughs> by the Great Fairy. What? Strike! <laughs> I do like the Deku Tree, and if we can say like close second, because I love the story mm-hmm. that the Deku Tree tells mm-hmm. in every single game that he's in. 
and and he's at an actual level in at least yeah. one of the games. Yeah. You go inside of him and you play inside of him. <laughs> but yeah, I do I do think that the, that is great fairy tree. Yeah, clearly. I would like to play a level inside the great fairy tree. <laughs> <laughs> you play something else with the okay. We got oh, one. okay. Where's the entrance? <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> on the, on, this guy multiple. Oh, oh, God. Oh, the next award we have. <laughs> if you if you if you don't know, you can go online and Google it. They'll tell you. There's some flash fiction uh, on that. The next award we have is the number one Sage Award. We have the Light Medallion, Raru, Raru, however you want to say them. The Forest Medallion, Saria. The Fire Medallion, Darunia. Water Medallion, Princess Rudo. Spirit Medallion, Naburu. Shadow Medallion, Impa. And Zelda, of course. But she's not really a sage, but she's kind of like the final sage, so. She is, she's one of the seven sages, but I don't know what her, she's a light state. It didn't say what, what her actual title is. You think she'd be light with the whole light arrow thing, because this is where that started in Ocarina time, where you get the light arrows. But then Mm -hmm. Rara's like, I'm the light temple that didn't exist in the game. (laughs) Which was, side note, supposed to be the wind temple, but which was supposed to be, I think, Rara's, or no, that was the forest temple, sorry. Forest temple is supposed to be the wind temple. And, and it's weird. I don't want to get into that. It's another podcast for another day. That's another an hour topic. I mean, it's got to be Zelda just because Zelda. it's. I, I will say my heart her, though is with like, Raru. As annoying as this bitch ass owl was, I I really like the character. <laughs> I thought he was pretty cool as the guide to kind of like bring you into the sacred realm. I was gonna say that is true. He's like the first one you meet. Naburu was in Breath of the Wild, wasn't she? Or references to her? Uh, she's like she, in the yeah, Gerudo she Desert. She's yeah. and then also Daruna yeah. is kind yeah, of like Darunia a descendant was, yeah. of the that Daruk. Yeah. Daruk. Whatever his name is. And then of course Princess Rudo. Yeah, so I, I was gonna say like maybe Naburu was like, you know, the referencer. In the later games, but I guess all of them did kind of all like... of them kind of come back up, except for Syria. I don't think she ever comes back. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Impa's in like seven or eight of the games. Yeah. She's always like Zelda's handmaid. Mm-hmm. But of yeah. the seven, it has to be Zelda, sure. right? Yeah, she's the most important. So Zelda, that's what Link <laughs> thinks. <laughs> I don't know. He he fucked up <laughs> yeah. Syria too. <laughs> That's true. Oh, and and the fish girl. Oh, he did, yeah. Link likes his sages. <laughs> yeah, maybe because he didn't think he was didn't think he was going to have a chance. You know, <laughs> pale. You got the big one. The big one. Go to the next slide, pale. It's got the most. Let them fight. Award for best enemy. Oh, he's mm-hmm. going to pick the Lionel. <laughs> oh wow, we got twelve nominees here. Armos. Bemos, Gibdo, Keys, fucking bats, the Lever, like like, the Lionel, Moblin slash Bacogoblin, 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 or the Bacogoblin, yeah, Bacogoblin, 
Octoroke, Stalfos, Peahat, and the Teakite. So I'll try to put these in order so that you can tell which one's which. Mm-hmm. The first two yeah. are kind of like statues that come to life. The they keys are. are in literally every Zelda yeah. game, I think. Mm-hmm. And so are maybe the Tech Tikes, because I remember Tech Tikes, Levers, and Octorox 2 or something yeah. in the in that rap from that commercial we watched. <laughs> right, yeah. I feel and like the Octorock was like one of the harder ones to mm-hmm. take Octorock is out. in the very first game. Yeah. I think they're called Zolas are in the first game, yeah. but they're essentially the same thing. They pop up out of the water and shoot shit at you. Same with, same with the Tektites where they're, you know, in most of the levels. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously the Lionel is, you know. The, He's the, the hardest. The hardest, yeah. But Octorocks were difficult just because they're like, they pop out of water and you're always trying always to piss like, you off. accomplish something else. Ugh. They pop up at the worst possible yeah, time. They, yeah. I'm like, oh. I don't have time for your bullshit. Quit shooting this at me. And no, yeah, get out of here. Like, <laughs> That's a, how I feel about the like-likes, because they'll swallow oh, you whole true. and then steal your shield, and you have to go buy a new one. Or you, oh, yeah. Or in Link's Awakening, if you kill the like-like, it'll give you your Yo, shield get, back. Get it back. And I, I was going to say, like, in, very likely in Link's Awakening for the Octorok, if you do the uh, bomb, sh- uh, sorry, the bomb arrow at the same time, where you shoot the arrow of the bomb across the map, would be the best way to kill the Octorok. I don't think that was possible prior to that. No, it was more of like a you had to get him with your boomerang, and then hit him with an arrow. But I don't think you got a boomerang in the the Legend of Zelda. You got the boomerang in a uh, Link to the Past. I don't remember a boomerang in the first one. There's not. Yeah. There's very there's hardly anything in the first one. <laughs> it's like arrows and bombs and maybe a slingshot. Mm-hmm. And I know the P hats are were hard in most of the games because you need something you could launch. If you run out of arrows, mm-hmm. you're screwed because they're they fly and you they're tough to hit. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any of mm-hmm. them in. Breath of the Wild. The the one that I liked was the uh, the Stalfos. Yeah. Um, because well, I remember in Ocarina because yes. that's the picture that you have up here. But I remember in Ocarina they were always a, a bitch to try to kill because their stupid shield. You had to wait on them to drop their guard to get them. But then when they brought that back mm-hmm. in Twilight Princess, where the hero of time from that died and became a Stalfos and then you had to fight yes. him. So that lore of the whole thing I kinda like that, like the whole fallen soldier type thing. That that I was gonna mention that too. I really like that. And they were Yeah. Every time you die you become cool. a Stalfo. But I think the Moblins and Bacoblins, those have been like in at least in more the modern the modern games, they've been like yeah. constant they, in every single series. Oh, I think they, they go back all the way to the first game. Mm-hmm. They do. It, it, it's, yeah, one it thing doesn't it, look like this. Little pig guys. Yeah, they they look like so little they pig keep guys. That pig team alive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they have to throw, then, throw the spears. Throw mm-hmm. the spears at you. One I f- forgot to put on here is those little blobby guys that are just like they're like a little rain dro- upside down raindrop. Oh, oh the cho- yes, choo choos. Yeah, the choo choos. Yeah, choo choos. Yeah. 
Those would make the list too, for sure. The electric ones. Oh, I hate all the fire choo choos. Bitches. (laughs) Yeah, the regular choo choos are fine, but all the I think the electric ones were the worst because you got to wait for them to stop being electrified to hit them with your sword. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never killed one. I've never killed. (laughs) You just avoid them. (laughs) Yep, like a Lionel. And probably the best enemy probably would be. I think. Depends on how you define best, but I think yeah, that, Lionel, that's what I did not define. <laughs> Lionel would be like the he's hardest, definitely the strongest, the strongest, the most. If you did defeat the Lionel, you felt more most accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the Moblin uh, Bacoblin would be like the the best because that's one that you fought for the entire entirety of the series, and you're familiar with them. Yeah, and they're the ones that got like the most made over, and you're like, oh, look at the, the you know, I f- I fought him in the day, and look at him now, you know. <laughs> I guess the, the Stalfos so guys evolved. Stalfos would probably fit in that category as well. I like the Stalfos too. I, I, there is mm-hmm. a Bacoblin amiibo. There's not a Lionel or a Stalfos amiibo. Ooh. I think we there have should, a winner. This should be. Let's go with the Moblin or Bacoblin. Mm-hmm. I think. Just to move on to the next category. This is the Dundies Award for Best Boss Battle. <laughs> uh, we've got Dark Link from Ocarina of Time. We see him up here in the corner. we got the King Bublin Elden Bridge Battle from Twilight Princess. I think you do that two or three times in that game. And Smash Brothers as well. Yeah, it's a whole level in Smash Brothers, so that's why that one's pretty important. Uh, we've got Godon from The Wind Waker who's the guy with uh, the Pan's Labyrinth hands, Star-Lord from Twilight Princess, Twin Rova from Ocarina of Time, and Dango Rango from Phantom Hourglass. To throw a handheld game in there. Hmm. I know... I think the only one that stands out to me is the Twin Rova. I remember that battle the most. Twin Rova's fun because I mean, you got to hit the fire one with the ice arrows and the ice one with mm-hmm. the fire arrows. I think... The Dark Link battle is pretty epic in Ocarina of Time because you go, it's in the water temple and you go into that like misty area. That's right. And he like knows all the same moves you do and it's a very tough battle. Ugh. That is tough. Yeah. It's also a very like sci fi trope. Your dark yeah. self knows your mm-hmm. exact movements. I, I'm a big fan of that battle bridge, the Elden Bridge battle. Yeah, that's a good. That one. and it was tough too. Yeah, you, you you clearly can't jump over like you can in Smash Brothers because mm-hmm, you're on a horse. Uh, but that's the only one <laughs> that, like, if I were to look at face value, that's like the one that stands out the most. Uh, but also, I didn't play most of these games. Right. Same. A lot of these I don't. I've never, yeah, I've never, never played. Heard of. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of. Dungarongo was fun. I'm the only one that's played that game, but because um, you had to like draw on the bottom screen to like throw a bomb into the guy's mouth, and then once it blows up, you, have, you go back to the top screen and run over and slash him with your sword. So it was kind of a fun because it's on the DS and you have to use both screens. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't be my favorite. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Let's say the uh, the Godon with the hands and the eyes. It's kind of overused because Mario had that in like it's, Mario sixty four. Yeah. 
it's Wario like the same thing. You gotta, has it in yeah. one in Wario World, so yeah, it's kind of overused. The list. I would say it's in between Twin Rova, the bridge, and Dark Link. Well, I think opinion. for all of us, then if it's if it's going to come down to all of us agreeing, I would have to think Dark Link because I think we've all played that or have seen an iteration of him. Maybe he's not also necessarily in Smash Bros. Because but... you can switch your skin to look like Dark Link. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to disparage Twin Rova though. <laughs> so like, yeah, uh, they were kind of funny. A couple games. I think it's fair to go with Dark Link just because he's been in like four Zelda games, whereas these other ones have not been in as many. It's true. So let's go with that. Works for me. I shall consume everything award for the hardest boss battle. Uh, Most of these are from two games. And then we have (laughs) one from Breath of the Wild. So we have the uh, Gyorg from Majora's Mask. We have Majora herself. He, she. They themselves themselves. We, we have Majora. It's a mask. I don't think it's gendered. <laughs> we have Majora themselves from the Majora's Mask. We have Kolotos from Skyward Sword, and then we have Demise from Score. It's fucking tough. <laughs> tough. And then we have Monk Maz Koshia from Breath of the Wild. As someone who played Link on the Skyward Sword, my number is number four. <laughs> Fuck Demise. There is one on this list I never beat, and it is Demise. I've never beat that game because I could not get past that boss. <laughs> like, Kalktos uh, looks tough. The fight is not rough at all. But, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a... A general grievous game. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Hello there. Um, I would say demise because I don't think I've ever cussed more at a television screen yeah. and at a game than playing that one. Normally, I can make it through a boss battle the first try, maybe yeah. two times, maybe three times. But that one, son of a bitch, took me fifteen, twenty-five times. <laughs> And I've said words I never thought I was capable of saying. Um, I made up a few cuss words trying to... I probably threw the Wii moat I don't know how many times. I'm like, fuck this game. (laughs) Done with you. But I finally beat him. Barely. I tried. I I did beat him. It was like my third time. He killed me again. And I was like, this isn't fun anymore. So I'm not going to play it anymore. (laughs) Where's easy mode? (laughs) I do remember uh, Monkma's Koshia being difficult, but... With the guides that are out right now, that one, you know. Yeah, it kind of helped. too terrible, but. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. If you go in there prepared, you're, it's not too hard. Yeah, to definitely I was going to say that was, yeah, that was pretty easy to get to because I was so OP'd at that point. I had yeah, all exactly. the power-ups and I went in prepared, so it was pretty good. So, Demise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's easy. Hard. Easy choice. Easy, but hard. Easy choice for the hardest. <laughs> All right, next we have the final showdown award for the best battle. (laughs) For the best battle (laughs) with Ganon. (laughs) So Ganon, not Ganondorf. Or... Mm -hmm. mm -hmm? Ganondorf's just the dude. He's the dude. 
but I see the dude here. That's why I was confused. All right, the first one, we have The Legend of Zelda, the original. Then we have A Link to the Past. And then we have Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, where he turns into the big old pig, and The Wind Waker, which he doesn't do pig. You just stab him in the face as Ganondorf. He, he does <laughs> turn and, into He does turn eventually in that. Uh, eventually into that. And then number six, Breath of the Wild with Kalimane Ganon. And then that also turns into a giant pig. And you get the, mm-hmm. the bow and It arrow. does turn into a giant Pew. pig after that. So uh, the piggy is in all these. Pretty much, yeah. I think that even though nostalgia-wise, we could take one or two off this list. They're essentially the same. It's really and not easy. much to yeah, them. It's really easy. Really, like, they're fun, but they're really easy. Yeah, he starts dropping out tiles for and makes you fall. So like they're exactly the same with better graphics. Yeah. yeah. The Twilight Princess one looks tough. The Calamity Ganon, I beat that like just waiting for my ability, my Gerudo ability. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really think that, that one was hard at all. Um I think Ganon essentially is like the easiest boss. It's just getting to Ganon. You know, it's almost yeah, like because yeah. there's so much leading up to it that you have to do. Yeah, but once you get to yeah. him, you're essentially overgeared, anyways, because you have to to get through the rest of it. I really, th- I want to give it to Ocarina because it really sets the trope where you fight him as Ganondorf, then you fight him as like the dark pig guy and then you gotta like escape the area before it collapses on like there's so much to that battle Zelda shows up to help you like all that stuff returns in um, Breath of the Wild and in uh, Twilight Princess like but it's all stemming from the battle that they set up in Ocarina of Time I think I can get behind that because I was gonna say like for Twilight Princess like I've seen that fight and it's like Breath of the Wild, but it seems mm-hmm. harder. Like so, I can get behind your Ocarina. Yep, it was the original one. Yeah, as you said, kind of yeah. sets the stage. So, and that was a fun battle. I mean, I it really, really enjoyed fun. Ocarina, and it's and and, and it, it's doable. Like some of them, get, like Demise is too hard, where it's not fun. Where this is, right. it's it's hard and fun. You still need all three or four bottles of fairies to get through it but yes for sure well our next category well excuse me princess award for best (laughs) zelda we have zelda one zelda two a link to the past ocarina of time wind waker spirit tracks Twilight and Breath of the Wild. So I think Twilight's the one that we're very familiar with from like Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the first three we can probably kind of ignore. She's sleeping most of those games and doesn't <laughs> yeah. really help you. Uh, Ocarina of Time is, I don't know, maybe my choice because of Sheik. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she, like, she's she, yeah. actually a badass and then she also helps you in the Ganon battle by giving you the light arrows 
And she does that a couple of times. Like in Wind Waker, I think she helps you in that. She definitely gives you the light arrows in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that too, yes. I just think... But in... Go ahead. I was going to say, I just think that in... in uh, Like Smash Brothers, and it's stupid that I you know keep going to that. Like when I play that game, I see twilight that's the zelda i see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that's my my representation of the princess zelda only because i've like i have said this when we talked about the link's awakening and uh link to the past like i beat link to the past and then breath of the wild like there's a yeah that, there's like nothing in between a whole lot between that i missed so i think that when it comes to like the best zelda i'm a huge fan of the twilight princess zelda because of Smash Brothers. Yeah. I liked... Well, I didn't play the... What is it? The one, the Spirit Tracks. But Saf and I, we talked about this on the... Where mm-hmm. she was, like, more involved. She was, like, your Navi, whatever. She was, yeah, like... she's your sidekick in that sidekick game. Sidekick in that she game. She is literally with you the whole time. She's a ghost. She's, like, attached to Link. And you can use her to inhabit enemies and like move them and and actually do stuff with her so i'm like that's kind of a big deal like where you you actually get to play with her the whole game and talk to her the whole time so like it might be that actually (laughs) even though nobody outside of me has ever played that game (laughs) i think down for a a zelda focused game there should be well i think with breath of the wild i think the story kind of it's about her. I mean, it's not really about Link. I granted you play yeah. as him, but the way the cutscenes and everything, it's all her trying to find yeah. her power and everything else. And when she does find it, she's like, "Oh shit!" Now Link's gone. So for a hundred years, I mean, she held back Calamity Ganon with everything that Waiting she had, to, literally like, for a hundred years, and didn't age in the entire time. But you know. I mean, it was mostly her story. We just had to play as Link as this. I felt like the sidekick in that one trying to finish her Mm -hmm. story of where she was coming from. That's a good point. Like she gives you all your abilities. She gives you the Sheikah Slate. She and she like the story is through her perspective, like all the cutscenes, And she's got like all the emotional moments in that Mm -hmm. game. Without her, there would be really no game. That's why I'm curious to see where part two of that story is going to come from. That's where we go back. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but anyway. <laughs> Definitely buying yeah. it. I don't care. Yeah. Another podcast. Yeah. Another <laughs> when that's released. Another hour. Pale, what is your favorite princess? Mine? Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can break the tie because we have three different ones. <laughs> We're all. Well, all I'm, all, I'm really only familiar with Breath of the Wild Zelda. So I mean that's gonna have to be my pick. I mean, and like yeah, the I mean the first three, she was sleeping and not involved. She wasn't sleeping much. in like the past. No, okay, she, not at the beginning, but she does get captured and then put in that <laughs> stasis. Yeah, right. All right, so best prince, I probably sh- chic, right? Yeah, we'd have to agree it's chic. Yeah, chic is a badass. Yeah. All right. Fucking Ocarina. Ocarina keeps winning these awards. Uh, <laughs> it is maybe the best. Oh, uh, you got to get on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it playable anywhere? 
Yeah. Yeah. If you have the everywhere. Uh if you have the expansion. I bought the expansion. I got the DLC for Allison for uh Animal Crossing, which allowed me to also get the N sixty four. The Switch Online. Yeah. So Oh, so the Switch pack. Online expansion that they yeah. just yeah. came out with. It comes with a N sixty four, you can play Ocarina. Gonna definitely Oh, play. okay. Yep. All right, moving on. I'm afraid this one's gonna be Ocarina as well. <laughs> uh, links a rankening the award for best link we got uh, the same choices as zelda zelda one zelda two a link to the past child link from n64 area era we got twilight print or link a wind waker twilight princess and breath of the wild link to the past that was my first one and I beat it, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I will not budge. <laughs> I will not budge. We're not talking about best game. We're talking about best version of Link. Best game comes later. Mm, probably Twilight Princess. I I was going to say that because a lot of the times, because you look at the previous iterations, very cartoony, very young, very more the mm-hmm. younger crowd. But then I think Nintendo woke up and said, oh, shit, our original Zelda crew's getting older. Let's make it more of yeah. an adult, darker style Link. And I really think that they hit it home with Twilight Princess there. I really like that iteration. I, mean, I was thinking about this. Even in Breath of the Wild, when it came to picking the outfit, I did my very best to match Twilight Princess. Yeah, I mm-hmm. want to stay the iconic green, not this blue turquoise shit. <laughs> Lobster right? shirt. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, is Link the only Nintendo character that actually ages? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. There's n- there's no other character. I- well, I guess there's Baby Mario, but Baby that Mario. went backwards. He started as an adult, and then yeah, <laughs> it's true. We got to see his origin story but uh, really i think that there is only yeah link is the only one that does like you can't you can't tell me that in all the castlevanias or all of the marios or all of the donkey kongs like donkey kong has a family but you don't really see the donkey kong ages it's true well i guess there there there's an easter egg that cranky kong is the original donkey yes. kong from the mario <laughs> like the arcade yep. game but i wouldn't count that well, I think Ocarina did it when they decided to mess with time. I mean, mm-hmm. they they had to have some type of adult, which really wasn't adult because it was like seven years, like teenage Link, which she still is. <laughs> but yeah, they kind of shot themselves in the foot there and they realized, be like, oh, he's not really a kid. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think my, my choice is Twilight Princess as well. So we have a consensus. That's three out of four. Pale. No one cares. <laughs> I mean, you played Breath I tr- I of the Wild. You, you put, you're just gonna be like, I just played Breath of the Wild. So I, I could put a vote in for Breath of the Wild, but I'm going to lose. <laughs> vetoed. I'm vetoed. Yeah, vetoed. All right. The Stan Lee Award for Best Cameo. Number one, the very first... The Legend of Zelda cameo in Tetris NES. You see him in the bottom right he's corner right next to he's Samus. Right down there. That's nice. He's playing in the ocarina. Looks like it. It looks like a flute, kind of. S- some sort of instrument. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
All right, Cranky's video game heroes in Donkey Kong Country Two. Yes. You see Link in third place. Uh, sword Kirby in Kirby Superstar clearly gets a sword from somebody somehow. But he also gets like the Link hat. Yeah, and it's almost like a Master Sword. Link and the Rose Towers Inn in Super Mario RPG. That's pretty funny. You you go into like this hotel and you see him in a just sleeping in one of the beds because <laughs> in early Zelda games you can go to the inn and sleep to rejuvenate your health. Zelda items and Animal Crossing New Leaf. I'm pretty sure you can see those same items in the New Horizons. Yeah, I, they're across all the yeah. Animal Crossing, but specifically this picture. That's what that picture is yeah. from. And then number six, Link appearing in F1 Race Game Boy. It kind of, I mean, it's supposed to be. kind of looks like him, but, you know, doesn't quite. I don't think F1 Race is even a Nintendo game, so they kind of just ripped him off. Because he's got the the crossy yeah, shield yeah, that original. he has in the original game, and <laughs> then he's holding up the, the sword of some sort. Yeah. I think that my favorite, like, Stan Lee-esque appearance would probably be Kirby when he's sword Kirby. Because you, you have but, the sword and you're doing the thing like you would if you had full health. Yeah, it, like, shoots out mm-hmm. things. And it's also in almost every Kirby game. I think you can go into that form. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it reference Link. So, yeah, I agree. I'm good with that. Because the rest are just... Just little things that you could see. This is Kirby. You could actually play as him, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's the only thing that I think would make sense. All right. Up next, we have the spoiler alert award for the best reveal. Coming in number one, we have here a link to the past. Aganyim. I can never say that. Is actually Ganon's alter ego. It's a Ganon. Ganon. I got him. Yeah. Got him. Uh, Link's Awakening. Got, got him. him. I got him. Link's Awakening. The whole game is the product of the Windfish dreaming, defeating the nightmares that result the Windfish waking, and thus the disappearance of Koholint Island. Yeah, but you don't really think it's a spoiler because they tell you in the beginning of the fucking game. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Ocarina of Time. Sheik is Zelda. What? what? Majora's Mask, Skull Kid was the human puppet of the titular mask. The Wind Waker, the king of red lions, is King Daphne's Nohansen Hyrule, and Tetra is Zelda. The Minish Cap, Ezlo was Vati's mentor before Vati turned him into a hat. Or from Twilight Princess. <laughs> Out of context, that is the weirdest yes. <laughs> sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, Twilight Princess. Ganondorf gave Zant his powers, and Midna is the Twilight Princess. Skyward Sword. Zelda herself is the goddess Hylia in human form. Girahim is the evil counterpart to Fi or Fi. Demise creates Ganon as the manifestation of his own hatred. And the old woman at the sealed nice. temple is actually Impa. <laughs> there was a lot of reveals in that one. Yeah, I think Skyward Sword yeah. is the winner, obviously. <laughs> and then we have A Link Between Worlds. Lorul is 
used to have a Triforce before its people destroyed it to prevent further bloodshed, which ultimately sent the kingdom into a downward spiral into ruin. And then Hilda sent Yuga and manipulated Link in order to obtain Hyrule's Triforce to save Lorul, and Ravio is Lorul's equivalent of Link. That was a pretty cool reveal, but that was, that yeah, was a long game. Yeah, I like that. To get to that. The guy that's like in your house trying to sell you stuff is actually you from an alternate universe. Yeah. <laughs> what a twist. In a, in a weird rabbit hat. Yeah. And number 10, Breath of the Wild, the old man helping you in the tradi- uh, tutorial is the king of Hyrule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, don't really. Yeah. If you played. I saw that coming 20 miles down the Yeah. Road. If you played Wind Waker, <laughs> you would have known that right away. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, whatever. All right, I do agree with Skyward Sword. That one had it's quite well, a bit. Yeah, and yeah. Skyward Sword is like a prequel to the whole series, and it's it's like trying to set up all this stuff. So uh, then it like how it slowly reveals each one throughout the game. I think they did a good job of that. The darkest timeline award for worst time to live. Ooh. Number one, the hero is defeated. A, a link to the past. B, Link's awakening. C, oracle of seasons slash ages. D, link between worlds. E, Triforce heroes. F, Zelda 1. And G, Zelda 2. Number one, the hero, or number two, the hero is triumphant. Child era. Majora, Twilight, Four Swords, Adventures. And number three, the hero is triumphant, the adult era. Wind Waker, Phantom, Hourglass, Spirit Treks. Hmm. That's a lot of timeline. I think the worst era would be number three, where like the whole earth gets flooded. And then, so now you're in a boat water world style and then the only other things are phantom hourglass and spirit tracks which weren't real big famous games yeah i'd kind of think wind waker because literally they flooded the whole damn world because the hero didn't show yeah, up you're like in order to fuck everybody <laughs> in order to keep ganon sealed uh, captured yeah. or whatever you have sealed yeah that's the word uh you had to flood the whole planet. <laughs> That's a bad time to live, in my opinion. And maybe we'll be there someday. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> Anyone disagree? No disagree over here. I don't know if I understand this one. <laughs> so the the Zelda timeline got split into three timelines right. at some point. So... Um, there's the hero I defeated. I didn't play line. enough these games to know this. Yeah, like I understand, like the the in Link's Awakening, or sorry, uh, like the the Link to the Past in Link's Awakening. I guess there was like a dark realm versus a light realm, or a dream state versus not so dream state. So I don't know. I don't know if I could be any help for any of this. See, <laughs> if you haven't played Ocarina, so Ocarina fucked up the whole timeline. So you have the heroes yeah. defeated in Ocarina. <laughs> The hero's triumphant in the child era, which is where Majora came from, because it's the same hero sent back in time. 
that was triumphant. And then you have the timeline where he was triumphant, but he stayed in the adult. And what happened after that? Because the hero had left and gone back in time. And then there was no hero, so they had to flood everything in the Wind Waker. So if, if you haven't got to Ocarina, that's the one that kind of sets the stage for every other game and fucks with the whole timeline. <laughs> it's on my list of things to do after <laughs> Witcher and Skyrim, so I'll get there eventually. So I abstain. Abstain. So Wind Waker 1 it is. Uh, I guess it is. All right, we got the Nice Job Breaking It Hero Award. Um, it happened so often through the series that one wonders if Ganon didn't plan this from the beginning. In Ocarina of Time, Ganon reaches the Temple of Time because Link left the door open while traveling. Oops. <laughs> um, the hordes of evil are unleashed from the seal when Link retrieves the Master Sword in the submerged Hyrule Castle in The Wind Waker. Crap. <laughs> um, and then number three, Vati in the Minish Cap ends up finding the Elemental Sanctuary because Link visited it several times throughout to infuse the Minish Sword with power of the elements. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the fact that you left the door open. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big one. Like, just shut the door behind you, dude. Yeah. Obviously, you don't know when you pick up the sword you're going to travel t- 10 years into the future. But, like, still, if you know there's a evil guy out to get you, just close the door behind you. Was it a door or is it he opened a portal? Because as he traveled through time and had to sit in the sacred realm no. in a frozen state. He opens the door to, get to, the, back. to the master yeah. sword. If you just close that door... Yeah. And then picked up the master sword. Ganon can't get in there. <laughs> and since that's like the breaking point of the entire timeline, so it's like, mm, yeah, that, this, <laughs> that's a pretty big deal. Maybe, yeah. Number one. Yeah. Number one, it is. I think that's an argument there. All right. It's dangerous to go alone award for the best weapon. And we all know my favorite. Number one, the boomerang. Just kidding. All right, number two, slingshot. <laughs> number three, bow and arrow. Number four, the master sword. Woo. Number five, the bomb or the bomb chew. Number six, the fire rod or the ice rod. And number seven, the megaton hammer. Clearly, everybody's going for the Master Sword in every single fucking game. I mean, the Master Sword's mm-hmm. <laughs> called the Master Sword for a reason. Strike the boomerang is so helpful. The boomerang well, is I helpful. do like the, the boomerang. boomerang is iconic. But if you're full health, the Master Sword is also has the ability of the boomerang. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. But if you're not full health, the boomerang, I think... Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, the, and the bow and arrow is great too, but I mean, boomerang is essentially yeah. a never-ending bow, bow I was going to say, I think this falls victim to the game and the technology that was available at the time. Mm-hmm. If you look at Breath of the Wild right now, bow and arrow, uh, that thing saved me so often. I used so that more than any other weapon because it was a dip. But when you're going in a 2D platform, I mean, it just kind of shoots in one si- separate or a single direction. Yeah. 
I think as the technology evolved, bow and arrow became more essential. But I don't know. You didn't have a you didn't have a boomerang in the That's newer true. versions. But in the older ones, that was, the, was you, had, you could pick up those 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 lizard things and use them as boomerangs right, yeah. in Breath of the Wild, but that's the closest thing you can get. I think that my favorite weapon prior probably would be the boomerang, but it was always the thing where you would try your hardest to get the Master mm-hmm. Sword, right? Yeah. So You can't defeat evil without the Master Sword. You can't, you can't beat Ganon without it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same way. I mean, you also need light mm-hmm. arrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you were given light arrows. You had to go That's get true. your master. You had to work for the sword. But what if you never got the bow? You probably you got a tie. You probably had <laughs> a tie. You were given the light arrows. You just didn't have a buy, uh, bow. <laughs> you couldn't. You had no way to shoot them. Yeah, I think number four yeah. probably. Yeah, I think putting master sword on this list was a cheat. Should have been cheat. side weapon. <laughs> it's category. a way to get through this. This. Uh, side weapon category to the, the hook shot or the boomerang. Let's be real. Oh, wait. Maybe oh, we should yeah. move on to the Look next question. That. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, never leave home without an award for the best equipment. We have the hook shot, the mirror shield, the spinner, the iron boots, the ocarina, uh, one made of wood or of time. Bunny hood and <laughs> the candle. There's some of these that. What is the candle? It lets you go into caves oh, so okay. you see where you're going. In the early games, it's like it's like <laughs> the lantern. lantern. Got it. But yeah, it was a lantern. It was a candle. Same thing. Uh, the ocarina helped me out a lot in Link's Awakening, and it helps of course, you out a in, lot in ocarina. It also helps you a lot in Link to the Past. Basically, you play a tune and you teleport to wherever you want yeah. to go. But I think like when you're in the open world, hookshot is going to be the the most helpful to allow you to go through some. It, yeah, as a weapon, it's pretty helpful, but yeah. it also helps you explore. Yeah, the mirror shield was fun, but only in dungeons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only useful a couple of times to reflect yeah, things. I do that. I don't know what the spinner is. It's a little thing you stand on and it's like a top and it makes you go faster, but it's only used a couple of times as well. Same with the iron boots. You only use them to go underwater a few times. I kind of anticipated the iron boots being like the Pegasus boots, which would clearly be the one equipment you don't want to leave the house with. Yeah. Well, the bunny hood is also the same thought. It makes you go fast. So I think either the hookshot or the ocarina. Yeah. That would be my guess. Like I'd narrow it down things. there, too. Yeah. I think I... Uh, I, I yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I want to say ocarina because it is in... A lot of games. Oh, man, the hookshot's good, too. Well, if you take a look at Link's Awakening, you had multiple uses with the ocarina. Like, you could teleport wherever you want, or you can sing and, like wake things up or you can sing and revitalize or you know wake things up and turn them back into human like the turtle realm yeah and then you have an entire game called ocarina for 
You everything. use it to make it rain. <laughs> you use it to call your horse. You use it yeah. to change time. It's it's more than like the Pokemon whistle where you blew the recorder, yeah. if you will, and you teleport it to the next area. I think you use it in Majora's Mask as well in order to yeah. uh-huh. reset the timeline. Still partnered there. So Ocarina? Yeah, I think I think I think we gotta go for it. I mean do that do has do to be like the number one do do like do do item that everyone anticipates do you having do do do. other than the mm-hmm. lantern or the bow and <laughs> you know, like bow and arrow slash like uh boomerang. You anticipate having those things. It's the Ocarina that kind of drives yep. the game. Or the power bracelet. Let's go. <laughs> I should have put power bracelet. <laughs> gotta lift those rocks every now and then. Yeah, right. Fail. Okay, up next, the Gotta Catch Em All Award for Best Collectible. Got the 100 gold Skull Tulu tokens from Ocarina. 24 masks from Majora's Mask. 26 secret seashells from Link's Awakening. It's 50 now for the Switch version. Mm. 136 figurines, Minish Cap. And the 900 Karak oh. seeds from Breath of the Wild. I thought it was 999. It might be. I kind of yeah. just went off memory for these. 900. I yeah. I think that sounds about right. I mean, it probably is right. I just thought it was like an infinite amount because you only need yeah. like 400 some mm-hmm. to max everything mm-hmm. out. Yeah. That's the only thing that I did not do for 100%ing the game. I didn't yeah, collect all same. the Korok seeds. Same. Yeah, I still need to collect all those seeds, but I don't really care. I got close. I mean, it's fun going back trying to find them. But if if you get in to my the point, path, I'll get them. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I did. I kind of saw. I got a theme after a while. It's like I know where they're going to be hiding, so I know there's got to be one back here. It's not going to lead me yep. here for nothing. It's got to be here, so I would find a lot of them that way. But the point where I have to stop and look it up on a map and look on a guide online, I'm like, no. then this isn't fun it's anymore. I'm just doing much, it to yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> if Exploring. I encounter a circle of rocks where one's mix missing, and I gotta fill it in. Oh, I, I always do that. That's- step. <laughs> if I step on a thing and I need to shoot a bunch of balloons, or so, like those were fun, but like I'm yeah. not gonna go hunting down all this bullshit. I'm not gonna lift up every rock in Hyrule Field just to see if there's one under it. Yeah, yeah. I think the lower the number, the better. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, there was how many shrines in Breath of the Wild? A hundred and twenty. Hundred twenty. I yeah, still did those. Stars. I thought those were like I wanted to make sure that I finished those. But if you're looking at this list, like I feel like getting the twenty four masks were kind of like, yeah, I did it. I beat the game, and you get a reward for getting all twenty four because you get like the special mask where you can it strengthens you when you go fight the final boss, right? So I feel like, yeah, that, that's more relieving. Like for the the secret shells, if you would have bumped that number up to the 50, I said this when we talked about the Link's Awakening episode. Like you got the Master Sword or the Kololinto uh, Sword after 40 of the seashells. And you still had 10 to go until you got the, the chamber piece for Dempy. And so it's like, that wasn't even worth farming <laughs> right. all of the secret shells 
So I feel like getting the 24 masks and having the reward afterwards, probably like the best collectible or the best feature in the game for collectibles. In each, all but maybe like three of the masks do something. They like give you a new ability or like they're, they're worth something on their own rather than just like trading them for something or whatever. Yeah. I think I would too. Yeah. Majority mask. Yeah. I think that's, that would be my choice. I never got all 100 gold scalatulas. I never played Majora's Mask, so I agree. I, was, I, never... I did play Majora's Mask. I didn't play Ocarina. So I guess that's, <laughs> that's probably weird. why. Like... All right. Uh, we got the What Are You Buying Award for Best Shop. <laughs> <laughs> the Curious Quiver Arrow Shop from Breath of the Wild. The Syrups Potion Shop owned by Syrup and Granddaughter Maple. In Ocarina, or Oracle of Ages and Seasons, Sarah's Sundries, the shop owned by Sarah from Twilight Princess, Sales House O Bananas, the banana shop owner, or shop owned by Sales the Alligator in Link's Awakening, Ripped and Shredded, the Goron City Armor Shop in Breath of the Wild, or Beetle Shop, Beetle Shop ship in wind waker the minish cap phantom hourglass beard track skyward sword and breath of the wild <laughs> hmm we missed out on giving beetle the award earlier beetle so. shop yeah ship. <laughs> the, the prop the problem is i shop from the queers uh, the curious quiver way too much <laughs> because i you like your special arrows getting those arrows but i 100 percent agree i like beetle because whenever i needed to make he offered a variety of options yeah, too. i need to make a spe- mm-hmm. i need to make a special thing of potion or whatever visit beetle and garuda done let's go so i think i think six it has to be six right it's gotta be yeah, beetle it's gotta be he didn't get the NPC <laughs> award but he's getting the ship <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting the what are you buying award. Uh, what are you selling? What are you selling? <laughs> what are you buying? I'll buy it at a high price. <laughs> the game within a game award for best mini game. Number one is the digging game and link to the past, which is suck ass. Suck ass. Trendy game, Link's Awakening, which was kind of like a grindy, not a bad way to get gold. Uh, Bomb Chew Bowling, which was, I mean, clearly fun. Number four, Fishing, Ocarina of Time. Bomb Chew Bowling was also Ocarina of Time. Fishing sucks wherever you are. (laughs) Flight by Foul or Foal. Twilight Princess or Shield Surfing, Breath of the Wild. I never shield surfed. I did do the the wind surfing one where you had to go through the rings. Through the rings. Yeah. I never surfed though. I never did either. I did. Oh, it's pretty. It's fun. fun. Pale, you and I only have like seventy hours of gameplay. <laughs> we have a two hundred and sixty everything yet. We did everything that we could to beat the game so we could talk about it, <laughs> and then never touched it again. Yeah. Yeah. Was that up like in the? Up mm-hmm. north on the map in the mountains, the, the yeah, shield the, surfing. The shield, yeah, shield surfing is everywhere. What about the the desert? Um, yes, yeah, that's you. Look? That's you yeah. can shield surf everywhere. Yeah, that was fun. 
Like I was watching videos on how to like beat Breath of the Wild in like ten minutes, and they shield surfed everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's a specific okay. event in like where you talk to a guy, and he like there's a whole game involved with shield surfing in one er- specific area. Yeah. What about what about the rafting in Link's Awakening? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's an option too. <laughs> but I put trendy in there instead. I really. I really enjoyed the bomb chew bowl. That was though, pretty cause... fun. I don't have an opinion. <laughs> I because I of the games I played, I hated digging game. Digging was not fun, <laughs> and I didn't. I mean, digging game essentially was you paid money to dig in a field and you had to dig up as much as you can in a time limit, and you or really you, only got like rupees. You're and that's just it. the only reason to do it is to get the heart piece yeah. if you dig the one specific spot where you know the heart piece is. Yeah, so you're digging like literally nothing, 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 rupee. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing, 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 rupee. Nothing, nothing. Like you had to make sure that you got I'm pretty sure it was based on like a random map. It wasn't even the same. So you'd like dig a couple rows and then got nothing. And the next thing you play, yeah. dig a couple rows and you got nothing. It's really just kind of like random. So I hate it. I hated that. I hate it. Trendy game, I got pretty good to that with that one. That was kind of like a way to like catch up on uh, rupees if I needed to buy something from the shop or whatever. But I'll take your advice or the word on the bombshoe bowling. That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. Yeah, because you like you have to like face a certain angle to let the the bombshoe go, and then he would crawl and try to hit the target or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fun. It was very hard to get to the. The final stage because it's like a just a little spot you have to hit you have to like really set at a certain angle where it goes like up around the roof and then back down but i really enjoyed it it was hmm. fun all right so number three all right up next we have the where am i award for the best alternative this if the world if to say it like like sleepy zelda and breath of the link where link. am i where are you wake up uh number one dark world from a link to the past number two future hyrule from ocarina number three minish world from the minish cap uh number four twilight realm from twilight number five low rule from the link between worlds number six under the waves from wind waker and number seven below the sky and skyward sword Ooh. This is going to be hard because everyone had its own Wait. place and own reasoning in these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you kind of figured out the Dark World immediately for A Link to the Past. I want to give Dark World credit for being the first right. to set the trope where you jump mm-hmm. back and forth between worlds and like you use the different portals to your advantage to uh, get into different areas. Hmm. Mm. You don't really jump back and forth between future Hyrule and uh, past Hyrule because you can only do it in the one location, so it's not like a puzzly thing. Yeah. Uh, Minish World, there is a lot of that, so I, second choice would probably be Minish because like you use it to get into like bookshelves in people's houses and shit. It's pretty cool. You you like go Ant Man sized and you <laughs> check out people's gardens and you fight enemies in there. Twilight, I mean, that was part of a bigger story. Mm-hmm. 
with the whole Ganon thing and our Ganondorf and how he took it over and was just manipulating to try to get back. And I mean, it's very similar themed with a lot of these. So Under the Waves was cool in Wind Waker because it took you back to the nostalgia of Ocarina, the Temple of Time yeah. and the same Ganondorf. I like how it was yeah. black and white and then it becomes color mm-hmm. once everything goes back to life. But I always wanted to go venture out outside of that little bubble and see what the rest of Hyrule was like. Exactly, Because you're just like trapped in that one castle and you're like, you can see in the distance, but you can't venture there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, oh, what a waste. Um, and I mean, Skyward Sword, that's pretty much the whole game. Yeah. You're jumping between the sky, sky and people the, and realize below. there's a world below us. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So really, my I'm split between Minish World and Dark World. I think we'd all agree with Dark World because we've never Minished before. So, all sounds right, good. sounds good. Let's see. venture into the dark. <laughs> Stupendous side quest award for best side quest. Number one, Majora's Mask, Bomber's Secret Society of Justice. Number two, Ocarina of Time, Bigoron Sword. Number three, Wind Waker. Mila's Path to Justice. Number four, Breath of the Wild from the Ground Up. Number five, Twilight Princess, Malo Mart. Number six, Majora's Mask, A Testament of Love. Number seven, Ocarina of Time, Epona. Ooh, you had to throw that last one in there. <laughs> from the Ground Up, I think, is the one side quest that I was most excited to complete. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. Like finishing that mm-hmm. quest and like being at these people's wedding and like just experience like now this new portion of the map is open because of this. Yeah, I created this like, town. Yeah, I like literally it started because I was like, I'm gonna be greedy and make my own house. Yeah, <laughs> and then like people who are building your house, are like I'm gonna go. North, we're gonna go do this. Yeah, we're gonna explore this new t- yeah. area. Depends who you talk to. You really rebought your th- own house, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. your house a hundred <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I never got to that point. I'm so sad. Oh, no, you did one. get to the point. You it's, did. It's you just a, never did it because you could do it at any time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I just never did it. I was. It's like my only focus was shrines, like shrine after shrine after shrine. I literally thought that there was one of the shrines I couldn't do because I didn't do that. That's why I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you never needed to do it. It's just, I don't know, like the whole story that goes along with building that town is so fun. Terry Town. Yeah, the Bomber Bomber Society of Justice was cool too. Yeah. But I think that uh, there was one thing in the game. There's literally Breath of the Wild. I texted Sathis. There's there's two like strains from this game it was i'm playing the game to finish it or i'm playing the game to finish this town yeah <laughs> and it's like oh, i'm doing this i'm doing that i'm doing this and then it was like i literally built this town i gathered enough wood for this these people yeah you gotta cl- keep chopping down trees to, it's like to Jesus give Christ. this guy more wood to build more houses or businesses and because i haven't played the other games that feels like the best experience for me yeah number four it was the most rewarding i, I think, think so and it's like emotional yeah. like once you the, the the characters you bring all these characters together and they get married and like invite you to their wedding and all that yep 
Sounds good. That's really sweet. Perfect. Uh, I never finished that slide or the next slide. I guess this one is the winner. The frustrating fetch quest award for worst side quest goes to the treasure charts. To find the shrunken treasures in Wind Waker, there's just so many fucking charts you gotta find, and <laughs> God, it was awful. They're really you get like a hundred dollar, hundred rupees, and you have to sail all across this goddamn map. It's it's worthless, and I didn't even put any more <laughs> nominees on here because I hated that one the most, and that it was always gonna win. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, for the next one, the Dungeon Crawling Award for the best dungeon. We're just going to also wrap that up with the Temple of Doom Award for the hardest dungeon because my opinion for number 23 is also going to be the opinion for number 24. (laughs) So number one is the Water Temple in Ocarina. Number two is the Temple of the Ocean King from Phantom Hourglass. And number three is the Colored Dungeon from Link's Awakening. There's probably more options. I just never finished this slide either. But, it, I mean, it's fine. I think the in the experience that I had in doing all the shrines, clearly, and playing uh, Zelda 1, Zelda 1 seemed very monotonous, right, with the dungeons and doing the same thing mm-hmm. over and over. I thought the color dungeon was the one that provided, like, the most difference in completing things. And also, th- I also thought that the color dungeon was the best dungeon because the reward from the dungeon was actually something that can help you going forward versus this is just going to wake the fish later. Yeah. Another Mm -hmm. instrument or whatever. You get a, you know, red offensive gear or a blue defensive gear or stay the same. So I felt like color dungeon, probably the best dungeon because it kind of changed the gameplay for you, but also it was pretty difficult from, texts and everything it was pretty tough yeah there's so many there's like five or six levels to that dungeon and you got to keep switching back between the Mm -hmm. the uh the red Mm -hmm. switch or the blue switch and it keeps opening up new doors for you it was a pain in the ass you (laughs) fought your mini boss after like the third room and you're like oh I'm (laughs) i'm almost done and then you're going forever no dropping down through the holes in the floor and then you're like oh wait i was already here now i gotta flip this two switches back yeah, to, so i can get, get back, back up there in order to go down the to the left hole instead of the right hole <laughs> uh, and that's that's the same with the water temple mm-hmm. is from the ocarina and that's the one where most people agree that temple is difficult because you keep raising the water level to op- get to this access to the new areas and the enemies are hard and like the puzzling aspect is also hard to try to remember which level you need to go to and to get the keys to get to the next through the next door it's a nightmare yeah i guess i'll play ocarina figure it out and uh, i'm the only one that played phantom hourglass but that temple you have to go back to multiple times and since it's phantom hourglass, you have an hourglass and once the hourglass runs out, you're kind of screwed. You're the enemies are just going to murder you. So it's like a timed dungeon. Oh boy. It's a pain in the ass. And you've got to go there at least five times from what I remember. Pass. Mm. <laughs> so they're like, the, they're all three very hard. The, the color dungeons, the f- 
probably the funnest out of the three. All right. So I think from what you described, I think the Temple of the Ocean King is the hardest. God damn. You have a yeah, time limit? It, no thanks. You have a time limit. Yeah. It, it's a pain in the ass. So let's go with that yeah. since we don't get to talk about Phantom Hourglass sure. very often. All right. Up next, we have Hyrule in My Hands Award for the best handheld game. Oh, we did a whole episode about that. Yes, we did. So this <laughs> go pretty quick. Uh, number one, we have Link's Awakening from the Game Boy. The Oracle of Seasons from Game Boy Color. Oracle of Ages, also from Game Boy Color. They kind of were back to back there. Uh, the, they like, were, yeah, they the were Pokemon theme, red, blue type thing. Um, the Minish yeah. Cap. From Game Boy Advance, the Four Swords, also from Game Boy Advance, Spirit Tracks from DS, Phantom Hourglass DS, as we just spoke about, A Link Between Worlds from 3DS, and Triforce Heroes from 3DS. I know my vote, because I've only played one of these. <laughs> Link, <laughs> me too. I, my vote's going to be the same as your vote, and I've played all of these. Because <laughs> it really is its best standalone uh, game that you can play by yourself Mm -hmm. a lot of the rest of them i think you had to team up with other people several of them are multiplayer and yeah so i think a link between worlds is the best handheld game it is a direct sequel to a link to the past which is one of Mm -hmm. the best console games and it uses like the same maps and features and a lot of the same elements so yeah that game's incredible Time for me to add that to my list of things yes. to play on my emulators. I was going to say Link's Awakening because I just beat it on the Switch. Yeah, but I'm cool with I'm cool with that. That would be a close second. I think a Link Between Worlds yeah. is better. Right. Yeah, hmm. perfect. Final home pale. award. Ooh. Uh, last but not least, our final award. Now you are playing with Power Award for Best Console Game. Ooh, this is a big one. Zelda 1 on the NES. Zelda 2 on the NES. A Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo. Ocarina of Time N64. Majora's Mask N64. Wind Waker on GameCube. Twilight Princess on GameCube and the Wii, Skyward Sword on the Wii, and Breath of the Wild on the Wii U and Nintendo Switch. Oh, man. This is going to be the hardest. This is tough. This is going to be so hard. I I know where two of us are going to pick. I know where one of us is going to pick, and I know where the other one of us is going (laughs) to pick. (laughs) What is it? And you tell us the names, and we'll agree with you. Uh, <laughs> I've got th- three in my top one spot. Yeah. It's it's tough. I, I have my top three in yeah. d- definitive but, order. But, like I know what they but, are. Let's okay. Let's I have my number that. one. All right, number one is a link to the past. Number two is Zelda one, and number three is Breath of the Wild. Okay, definitively, that's the order. And pale what yours is personally, Breath of the Wild, that's the only one you played. <laughs> personally, like Breath of the Wild is the most I've Zelda game I've ever played, so I enjoyed that out of all of these on this list. And Keith, I think we agree. Yeah. What Ocarina for you too? <laughs> Mine's kind of tied in my head right now between A Link to the Past, Ocarina, and Breath of the Wild. 
because Link to the Past is the best 2D Zelda game yeah. by far. And Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest games of all time. But it doesn't hit a lot of the tropes that of the Zelda series like Ocarina of Time does. So it's like... I didn't play Ocarina, so that's like my downfall, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, for me, Ocarina started it all. That's where I first got into it because my brother... As being the oldest one, he never really bought any of the Zelda games. We were more the Mario side. So my first taste into it has been Ocarina. Um, And that was, I mean, the best one, obviously, to start with. So there was nothing else that could ever top that. But then when I played Breath of the Wild, I'm like, it just brings everything home from the nostalgia and everything else. But then, yeah, I skipped Majora's Mask for whatever reason. Um, probably because I think the 64 was done by then, and then I had GameCube, so I jumped right into Wind Waker, and that was revolutionary. In Majora's Mask, you needed that expansion pack yeah. in order to play it, so you had to buy like this whole little special $60 thing. Yeah. So you to play Donkey Kong or uh, Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Okay, okay. There's three games you needed it for. Yeah, Majora's Mask, Donkey Kong, and Perfect Dark. <laughs> Yeah. And then Twilight Princess, I mean, that was revolutionary, but still with the controls with the Wii. Skyward Sword, the controls just fucked that game up. So yeah. I, I love the story, yeah. but you it had just... to use it. You had to use the nunchuck for that. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. <laughs> I quit because I don't use a nunchuck. Like, I'm a Smash Blade, turn the controller sideways, yeah. Smash Blade. Like, so I've done A Link to the Past, but I don't, I've never finished it. I think I got like halfway and I just never went back to it because I've already been a victim of a 3D world. I didn't want to go back to try yeah. to play the 2D. I mean, it was still fun. And then I loved the link between worlds that kind of really solidified that game. But for me, it all started with Ocarina. I would have to go there. But damn, honestly, right now, if you put Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild in front of me, I the replay value for Breath of the Wild just because of its expansiveness, I would go back to that in a heartbeat. Mm. But Ocarina, think, it'd just yeah, be for that's nostalgia. That's where I'm sitting too. Yeah. So that's why honestly, it's, I put yeah. probably way more hours into Breath of the Wild. There's just so much more mm-hmm. to do there. I, I, yeah. And Ocarina deserves its own reward awards, and it's already got like six awards in this episode. <laughs> so it's like obviously it deserves them, but. I think overall Breath of the Wild is the more playable game. Just, I mean, the graphics hold up better because it's HD and brand new uh, and, uh, and the gameplay is more advanced. So I think the nostalgia has a lot to do with our, you know, choices. Yes, exactly. But I think the better of the games has to be Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where my vote's going to go to. Damn it. I really like Link to the Past, but I have to agree. I, right. I bought Breath of the Wild twice, by the way. You did. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Because I bought it. He's got it on Wii U and Switch. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought a Switch. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I bought a, a, a Switch Lite. And then, and then I bought Breath of the Wild. 
because my I wife really wouldn't hope. give up the Switch for Animal Crossing, yes. so I bought a light. That's right. <laughs> you, had to, you had to buy two Switches <laughs> and two Breath of the Wilds just to play this game. <laughs> I know. And I'm I so get excited she was playing Animal Crossing. I, but... I was, yeah. And I bought her Stardew Valley, and I thought that she'd play that. She hasn't. She hates it. So I, I get to play Aww. Stardew now. <sighs> I get to put that in my Switch Lite, and I get to play it. But yeah, I think I think Breath of the Wild for oh, sure. Yeah. I really think Breath of the Wild two or whatever they end up calling it in the end might be even better. Like based on just like that brief little two minute trailer yeah. or whatever we saw, like everything that they're doing with that, it could even expand that world even more. So I'm so excited oh, for yeah, that. I think I'm gonna before that game gets released, I think I'm gonna do Hyrule Warriors, the Calamity one, and get that you know played through before don't expect breath of the wild mm. i was disappointed with <laughs> the demo because it's like a, it's it's like a button masher yeah. smash them beat them up game it's not really mm. a zelda game but it i enjoyed the little demo i played but don't expect <laughs> a zelda game yeah, i was not a fan i just watched the cut scenes for the story it was pretty fun i'm waiting for it to go cheaper and then i i do want to play it but i'm not gonna spend yeah. 50 dollars on it or whatever wait for a black friday deal and yeah, that's what I was waiting for. It didn't go on sale yeah. this year, but maybe next year it'll go down to like $30. All right, so from this award ceremony, Ocarina of Time, the number one game. And then <laughs> and decide. then Breath of the Wild, number two, essentially. Just by awards, award, not awards, like yeah. by the, playability. Who, which game got the most awards? Yeah, yeah we'd have to go back and calculate. I, I Yeah, I'm not doing that, but I'm just going to – I'm just speculating – like the game that was like the best, it has to be Breath of the Wild. But yeah. the games that you know, Ocar- like Ocarina, got the most, the awards, most awards. Probably. Yeah. So if we're contemplate, you know, uh, not contemplating, but like kind of you know quantifying like how good these games are, like Ocarina and Breath of the Wild are your one and twos. Like yeah. All right. So. And I, mm. the thing about Ocarina, I don't know if it, it doesn't hold up necessarily because it is the first 3D Zelda game. Right. So it it has to set all these things and then it got surpassed so many times with these other Zelda games. But like, so to go back and play it now, would it be great? I don't know. But nostalgically, Keith and I love it because we, we grew up on it. But right. for you, and for Dustin and Pale, I don't like, know if you will have that same feeling towards it because you played breath of the wild first yeah. and now going back to this, it might be and a disappointment. The way, and I were when Nintendo put it at the pinnacle of the timeline. I mean, it's the breaking point of the entire, nost- yeah. the history. It's a very important game yeah. in the whole series. So they kind of screwed themselves there to say that this is the most important make or break moment in the timeline. So when they established the timeline, it was the yeah. most important game, but then they just keep, surpassing it with Mm -hmm. further games so Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see if i would like to hear your thoughts on it if you guys do end up playing it well i just did the expansion so it will be i have i mean i've downloaded it already i just i just have to steal the switch Mm -hmm. from allison (laughs) so i I didn't do the family pass because i have to wait for my internet thing to expire before i do family pass and blah 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 so we'll see how it goes i also can emulate it so we'll see how it goes yeah just 
while you're playing it, remember to put it in the context of this is 1995 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's not going to be Breath of the Wild. All right. So that that's the year of Zelda. We did all 35 years. Yeah. We jam-packed it into one year. Yeah. It's awesome. And guess what? Guess what? We get to do this uh. with Kirby next year. <laughs> no. It's not going to be as robust. <laughs> it won't be, but... It won't, yeah, not as epic. We'll do a couple of Kirby episodes. Yeah, for sure. But Kirby is still Pinnacle. And we still will do some. So look forward to that one. Along with Marvel's picking back up. That's true. We got, we're we got to... Spider-Man. We got Eternals. We got Venom. If you count that. If you count yeah. that. So <laughs> we got some Marvel stuff to do. So 2022 is going to be exciting. Keep uh, keep listening. And um, until next time. Drink up. Drink up. Drink up. And, and geek, geek out. out. And geek out. Yeah! Yeah! Skype!